Hi, and welcome back to the Two Dudes Talking Motorcycle podcast. My name is Mitch. And my name is Gleb. And today we are talking about the post-motorcycle safety course uh, experience. So we got this idea from uh, a listener of ours named Derek. And his question was basically saying that, you know, if he had any advice on dealing with high speeds and longer longer rides, starting on hills, things that you will experience after after your motorcycle safety class yeah and things that you experience you know riding a motorcycle so that's going to be our primary topic today and we felt that it would be a really good thing to cover because it's something that we both dealt with and any new rider will deal with (laughs) anyone who rides has or will have to yeah so um oh oh, i was gonna say like just like we need just a back some background about derek and him asking this question you know uh, Derek says, I'm a new writer, late 30s, who completed the two-day MSF license waiver course and took a handful of private lessons. As you know, MSF offers their classes in parking lots, so yesterday was the first time I went riding my- by myself. I live in NYC, but I rented a 650cc Kawasaki Vulcan in the Jersey suburbs. I I only previously ridden 250cc cruisers, and this and this felt massive in comparison because, yeah. So, um, but yeah, basically, he just, he just wanted to know like how to break out and start doing more, and be, but also <clears throat> being yeah. safe. So, so that's that, and we felt like it would be a really good topic to cover. So we decided to do it. And thanks, Derek, uh, for the suggestion. And yeah. hope you're listening to this episode because, well, well, hopefully, we'll offer some good <laughs> advice for yeah. for you and for anyone else that's starting out to um, with and, riding motorcycles. And on that note, like I. I when, I, when we get these emails, I just get so excited. I love oh, yeah, like yeah, I love it when we get emails from people it's, like whether they have some feedback or input or just want to say exactly hi or yeah, ask it's questions. It's, it's so awesome. much fun. It's so, so we cool. love hearing from you guys. Keep sending them. <laughs> Please do. But before we jump into main topic, once again we have motorcycle news, and this time it's once again not news, but we rode a couple of new bikes again, <laughs> courtesy and of uh, Eurosports Utah. Courtesy of Eurosports Utah. So <laughs> thanks to Will and Morgan out there for setting us up once again. Everybody there is yep, awesome. <laughs> they are all great. And since we are talking about kind of new riders or starting out motorcycling, I think it'd be good to start with the Triumph Trident, which we have mentioned on the podcast before Mm -hmm. as a kind of a good beginner bike. It is a little bit on the higher end and higher price. Yeah, but it's still under 10K. Yeah, which is still, I think, is a really good price. And the reason why we think it's a good bike for beginners is because of what it does offer for Mm -hmm. that $10,000. And it is a. I'm gonna pull up the specs here real quick. You got those, and like, um, but it, it is like gonna be like on the higher end if you're looking for something. <laughs> but at the same time, these bikes, um, they're retaining their value really well. Yeah, and, and they'll last you a long time. Like honestly, and they're pretty good bikes. Yeah, yeah. So the Triumph Trident has 81 horsepower, which is more than I expected. <laughs> a lot more than I expected <laughs> from a 660 cc uh, engine. It's a triple. Just like most of the Triumphs are, or their modern line at least. Yeah. Um, 47 pound feet of torque, 600cc. It does have show suspension front and back cool. with rear preload, which I thought was really awesome for that price point. Yeah. And what, I, and let me pull that away for a second. Well, that was the one that had two rider modes, that had road and rain. Yeah, road well. and rain. I think all of them have that as yeah. well. So it does, and that kind of as the reason why we thought it was a really good bike is because it does have. Uh, things like traction control, ABS, cornering mm-hmm. ABS, and things like that is um, because it is a um, and you don't usually find that kind of stuff on beginner bikes. Not and especially not for under ten grand. I feel like yeah. brand new, brand, brand new. new. And yeah. like um, one thing I noticed when I first got on it to ride it was the seat height. It was very approachable. Oh, hundred um, percent. So that so that would check the box if you're vertically, you know. <laughs> yeah, challenged. if you're a little bit of a shorter person, um, I felt a little bit. A little bit cramped little on snug. that. Yeah, it was yeah. a little snug, but for like riding around town or taking up uh, some like twisties that aren't too far away, mm. I think it's a perfect little bike. And you're, I mean, like, I'm six foot and you're what? Six one. Six one. So I mean, yeah. like, it's, it's, um, so if you're that, it is a little snug fitting into it, but like, again, like for the seat height and like the seat, uh, not width, but the whatever you length. call it, length, yeah, yeah depth, I don't know. <laughs> yeah. Um, it was, it, it, it would be really good for, pretty much anybody yeah so. and honestly like even though i felt a little cramped on it it was still like such a well-balanced bike like mm-hmm. i could put my feet down i could fling that thing back and forth it's only 417 pounds dry mm-hmm. and that's a <clears throat> great weight 
And it was very flickable. It was very flickable. It was kind of narrow, so you know, you just feel like very planted on yeah. it. And it just felt really good. And yeah, and just like being like just going back and forth on the road, it just it just it felt planted. Like it, it, yeah. it was it was reactive and responsive to what you're doing as a writer, mm-hmm. but it never felt like it was wobbly or yeah. unstable. And I and I wrote it through like a construction zone with gravel and debris. <laughs> On accident, yeah, um, yeah, didn't know a road was closed, but like, and it, it worked. The first thing that kind of like, uh, like surprised me about it is when, when I got onto the main road and I uh, gave it some gave it some throttle and stuff. It has a good, pretty good pick me up for yeah. for a small bike like that. Yeah, I just wanted to get up and go, and it sounds pretty good, mm-hmm. and it's got a nice little grunt to it, and it just it just wanted to go. And I one thing I. I yeah, so it it does want to go, and it's very responsive to that. And you know, for me being like two hundred something pounds, like yeah. it, it it carried me pretty same, good. Same here. The, and what makes it so much fun, even like for as an approachable and safe bike to get used to, but still like ring through it, is I we I complained about it before we were talking about it was how short the gears were. Yeah, the gears are pretty short. I will say that, but at the same time, that lets you like rev it out and run it through. Um, yeah, but it's not going to get away from it's you. It's got still pretty high red line, yeah. so you can really you can really rev it out, which I think is fun. Can be also really fun. Yeah, <laughs> but, you can't. Yeah, but for me, it was just good that it. Um, you can do all that stuff and you, know, you can test yourself and practice and yeah, get better, exactly. but, it, but the bike is never going to get away from you because of those. Nope. So I think it's a very safe. I think, bike. especially if you're, I think if you're like a shorter or smaller person yeah. that wants to get uh, into motorcycling or just wants like a second bike for riding around town, mm-hmm. I think this is a perfect little bike. And especially with it coming in under 10 grand, um, it's awesome. Yeah. And it's got all the, all the features you, you like more than enough features that you expect at that price point, <laughs> yeah. which I thought was really nice. And I just thought it was a fun little bike to ride. Like mm-hmm. it just felt good. No, it, it just felt it like really a really did. good little bike yeah. to ride. So I think it, it's a great beginner bike or second bike for somebody who needs something smaller. You know, maybe you don't yeah. want to have a heavy bike for around yeah, town and stuff. Exactly. Um, if you have a giant GS, maybe you want something. Yeah, you something know, a little smaller yeah. to, <laughs> to ride to the coffee shop. <laughs> yeah, you know, and then, yeah. So I think it'd be a great little thing. And then, like, when you are ready to get something bigger or for whatever reason, if you're going to sell it, like, again, the the resale value is really high on those that's um, also always nice to have yeah so um and then the second bike we rode is the complete opposite of a beginner <laughs> bike and should not be touched by beginners and that is the brand new 2023 ducati diablo yeah. v4 and this bike was an absolute monster of a bike to ride it is <laughs> Gosh, it was completely opposite <laughs> and this is a fast and a little bit of a scary bike at times because a little bit. it launches really really fast mm-hmm. um it is let me pull up the notes here don't you have a picture of it or do we not oh yeah oh okay let me, yeah let me pull up the here's a so picture of the notes. trident for anyone that's watching this on youtube uh for those that are listening you'll have to find yeah. it your, yourself but it's a it's a very good looking bike. Yeah, we didn't like mention how good it looks. Either. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> so. so it looks it just kind of has this kind of like not it, it's almost like a little modern retro look with the round headlight and stuff to it. Yeah, a little bit. Um, but not like a retro classic, like not a modern classic look. Yeah, but the profile definitely gives off street triple. Yeah, you know, hundred percent. Yeah, and I think it's a fantastic looking little bike. I think and no, I, I was very it. I was very. Uh, pleased with it like i even considered like actually maybe i'll add this to my list for like a second bike yeah but <laughs> yeah but you know we'll see <laughs> so and back to the diavel this is oh, what yeah, got your diavel yeah yep oh <laughs> and this bike even though in the picture you can't really it doesn't really look like it it is kind of massive and it's beefy a big bike front. yeah it's, you feel it reminds me a lot of the rocket the triumph rocket that a little bit for because me. it has this like massive fuel tank in the front mm-hmm. and it just feels like very commanding yeah. up there. It is considered as a muscle cruiser almost. I, yeah, it, I think it's classified as that, but it doesn't feel like a cruiser. I and mean, I, I don't think I've really ridden a muscle cruiser. I don't know if the. I, I think the um, the Rocket Three. I don't know if that's a muscle cruiser. I think it or, might qualify. Yeah, but I'm not yeah, even sure what yeah. what the standard is, <laughs> the <Yeah>. criteria. <laughs> but no, it was um, it was very fast, just in the regular mode. Um, it was. Boy, that torque could just <laughs> throw you yeah. back. It was awesome. <laughs> so it has an eleven fifty six or fifty eight cc engine, mm-hmm. one hundred and sixty eight horsepower, which is too short of the Multistrada, <laughs> and uh, ninety three pound feet of torque. And this is the most important spec that it has, according to Ducati. It does in fact have two seats. 
Yeah. In case anyone's right. wondering. It is a two-seater. It is a two-seater. <laughs> and the really cool thing is that these uh, V4s from Ducati that they have, not the ones that are found on like the Street Fighter or the Pentagali, uh, Pentagale, Pentagali, 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 Pentagali. <laughs> uh, which are their like high output race engines, basically. Yeah. It's a kind of a variant of this. Um, but the ones that are found on the Multistrada and on the Diavel, um, they have really long service intervals, a whopping 36,000 miles between valve checks and mm-hmm. valve adjustments. And I think that is phenomenal. Even though it's a really expensive bike up front, that is a lot of like maintenance you're saving it, by having yeah. such a long interval. Like, I was. I still haven't ridden the Multistrada, but like after hearing about that service interval length, like I'm just like, boy, if I'm going to start seriously cruising or like touring, I mean, like I think I would look at that. Like, I don't think I would get like a rally type one, like an off-road one, but like for like a a road bike, if I was going to do like some, like if I was going to give up everything and go travel the country (laughs) um, or the world, I would probably, or by road, I would, I would strongly consider probably get the Multistrada for that purpose. Because that's that's a really long uh, service interval. Mm-hmm. I'm not sure uh, what other kind of maintenance and stuff you need to Just do. I'm not sure how easy it is to change like the coolant or the oil and stuff yeah. on it. Uh, because Ducati is known for having some weird quirks Services, and stuff, yeah. and <laughs> having batteries or air filters in weird places but <laughs> <laughs> well and like you know and it just helps like with a bike like a ducati or any any european bike really is that like you know because service is going to be expensive yeah but exactly. if you can stretch out the length like they have like that's yeah. probably not going to be it's going to help out bad. a lot yeah um because compared to other adventure bikes big adventure bikes the um well your uh, tiger's what well, my Tiger's only 12,000 miles. Okay, yeah, yeah. Yeah. But the big Tiger, the 1200, is 20,000 miles, which is a little bit better. <laughs> little, yeah. Yeah. I wish mine was that. Um, and <laughs> we'll I, go, I know how you can fix that. Just go get a Tiger 1200. <laughs> don't, don't tempt me. Um, and I think the GS is like 12,000 miles as well. Yeah. So for a big bike, that's not a whole lot. Um, but going back to the Diablo, since I were talking yeah, about, yeah, yeah, it has the same the same uh, service intervals as the Multistrada, which is thirty six thousand miles. And this bike is, I mean, it's it's a bit of a cruiser, it's a bit of a touring bike, even though it's a really high speed, very fast touring yeah. bike. You can use it. I did find the seat on it super comfortable. It was very. Comfortable. It does not look like it would be, but it's very comfortable. Mm-hmm. It's very contoured. And just the seating and, position, the riding position, yeah. it, it did feel like really nice. Like it, it did feel very nice yeah. and comfortable. And, I really like that. And for me, because I, you know, I, I took it down that one road um, near there, so it came to like to the dead end. Yeah. And I was just doing the slow speed stuff, and again, it just felt good at slow yeah, speed. It I felt thought really so nice. Too. And um, it's got all. I mean, this is a twenty plus thousand dollar bike, so it's got <laughs> yes. all the. All the features you would think it would have from that yeah. bike. Fully adjustable <laughs> suspension, various riding modes. It's mm-hmm. got a ton of riding modes. Yeah. Um, you know, LED headlights. And I really like, uh, and I remember Morgan explaining us what they did with the handlebar uh, on it. It's kind of like connected and internally wired and stuff. Oh, right, right, yeah. right. Yeah. yeah. So it's got a really cool handlebar. It's not like a standard one that's like bolted on there. Yeah. It's kind of got their own fancy stuff going on there in the between. It's a really cool, high, yeah. high premium bike. Like yeah. it was. Yeah. And I also really like the exhaust on it, that quad exhaust oh, thing yeah. at the back. It just looks really, really cool. How much did he did Morgan say? Like the like the the aftermarket exhaust? I think it's like eight grand. Yeah, <laughs> so like, much cow. money. But uh, the aftermarket exhaust does also look really cool. No, it does. Yeah, yeah. So. But and this bike, it sounded great. Um, and like we said earlier, it was really fast. I remember when I. Uh, was heading back towards the dealership and I put it in sport mode <laughs> and I switched it from urban, which is like their normal mode, yeah. into sport and gave it some gas. My God, Different. it just it kicked me back. Yeah, like no. I, I whipped back. I had a little bit of whiplash back in the seat. And I'm just like, holy shit, this <laughs> I, is just hauling. I actually couldn't figure <laughs> out, even though you know they, uh, Morgan showed me how to switch the modes, I couldn't get it to do it. Mm. Um, and then I had it like. I did finally figure it out when I was like halfway back to the dealership. So like, I'll admit I turned around and like, I went back <laughs> yeah. and then I you turned around to, again. Yeah. I had to get a taste for that sport. And mode. it does feel amazing. It's such it's a cool. big difference it's between really their cool. regular urban mode. Yeah. It just lunges you forward. It's, <laughs> oh, it was, I mean, yeah, it was, it was a pretty, awesome. it was a pretty was cool really, bike to, it lot, was really to cool. ride. <laughs> and I think it also looks really good. I especially like how the back wheel on it looks. Yeah. It's, it's fat. It's a big, back tire and it's, wheel it's really it's, cool i mean probably like almost like your tiny little economy car size <laughs> wheel in the back just like the, the triumph rocket yeah the rocket yeah, yeah it's got a massive back wheel 
but overall yeah i really enjoyed riding that bike mm-hmm. and i found it i mean it's pretty sweet i don't know if it's a bike i would buy personally just because i don't think i have a need for that kind of specific bike but yeah. i really enjoyed riding it yeah and i would say like i i thoroughly enjoyed it i think if someone you know wants a ducati they want that super cruiser muscle yeah. no, mu- super muscle muscle, muscle, cru- muscle yeah. cruiser <laughs> so, yeah like um i i think it, it it's really cool really awesome i but, think so too yeah so should we move on to our i think so i think we've now? uh i think we've uh rambled enough about those awesome have. bikes so. <laughs> if you have a dealership go check them out yeah um, and once again, thanks to Eurosports Utah for I am, us take those outs for a spin. Yeah, well, I'm definitely getting like a second bike. Like I'm not replacing my Scrambler, but I'm getting a second yeah. bike, hopefully within the next year or so. And I'm definitely getting it from Eurosports. So oh, they've 100%. been helping us out a ton. And yeah, um, and yeah, I would. I just want something. I, yeah, I want. <laughs> I want, want something more. lower to the ground. Yeah, because I love my Scrambler, but it's a big bike. It is. So. <laughs> All right, so the post motorcycle safety experience. Yeah. Um, I guess we'll, let's start with you. So when you got done and, um, just for a little bit of background for our listeners, I got my uh, motorcycle endorsement and completed an MSF course about a year before I actually bought my first bike. Okay. Yeah. So I completed in June, 2019. I got my bike in uh, May of 2020. Yeah. And, but you, you got yeah, so I, um, I when I decided I was going to get into writing, and I'd spent, before I even took the MSF, um, I watched hours of YouTube videos on motorcycles, like Dan Dan the Fireman, Yammy Noob, um, was it Two Brothers, so the guy who like rode some Triumphs or something in California? Some, uh, the some Bag of Brothers. Bag, yeah, yeah, the Bag of Brothers. I watched yeah. their stuff. You know, That's so the I, channel that got me into motorcycling. Yeah. I was just like, I want to do that in the future. <laughs> yeah, so, you know, so, you know, leading into, so pre-MSF, it was like a lot of YouTube watching videos, research and stuff like that, what to expect in an MSF. Yeah. Um, and then I, it was March of 2020. It was actually right as uh, COVID was announced. Yeah. It, we hadn't gone to lockdown yet. I did uh, the MSF <laughs> and then and then we went to lockdown. Oh. But I remember like I saw somebody who was also there for the class and I was like, "Oh, it was nice to meet you." And I just instinctively went to shake their hand and they yeah. like, "Oh no, it's a like yeah, oh, oh, yeah. A virus it was virus." That time, yep. <laughs> you know. But um yeah, so it was a two yeah, two-day event for me. Same, um, same here. Just over the weekend. Yeah, just over the weekend yeah. and and I um I made it through that. I actually thought I failed the test. <laughs> I was positive Same. I failed. I, I, they told me I failed the one for like the six six or the, the six, yeah the unlimited uh, endorsement. Oh yeah, and stuff. Yeah, yeah. But then the guy just marked it <laughs> off for me. So yeah, but we um but after that um I it was that day. Oh wait, no, no, no. I I apologize. Leading up to the MSF, I went and bought my own helmet because I didn't want to okay. wear. Some, smart yeah i, did I wanted my own <laughs> um so I, I bought my first helmet uh then did the msf and like the day i got the little card for passing yeah. um i went to cycle gear and i bought uh gloves and a jacket um, very cool yeah so I, like the day i finished the msf yeah and then in may uh once i had saved and got our those nice little stipend or yeah. stimulus checks yeah, stimulus check. that's why i used <laughs> yeah to get my bike too <laughs> yep so then i went and got and my gear. first my, my rebel um and I, they asked me if I wanted to ride it home yeah. from the dealership, and I said no, I don't feel comfortable. So I had them, and they were nice enough uh, to deliver. Oh, that's, the Honda that's dealership. very nice. Yeah, yeah. Um, I, I had my friend like, um, we borrowed his dad's trailer. Oh, and we hauled it back up here because I bought mine in Salt Lake, and I was definitely not comfortable oh, no. with riding no, no, uh, no. on the freeway back to where I live, and it's about like thirty minute yeah. plus ride, and I'm like I. No, I can't do like 80 miles an hour. I was, I was nowhere near prepared to um, do that. God, no. It took me probably maybe like a few weeks before I rode in the freeway. It took anyway. me like, I feel like it was a while for me. I was, um, I could look at my photos and actually determine, but <laughs> no, like for uh, when I did get my bike, um, I was working remote and I texted my boss when my bike showed up. I was like, Hey, I'm uh, taking off for the day. <laughs> so, Smart. <laughs> like, Very nice. <laughs> and um, in the neighborhood, there's like a giant church parking lot. Again, yeah. if you know, if you're in Utah, you know what that there's means. There's a church everywhere. Yep. Yeah. So I just uh, very carefully rode it through the neighborhood to the church parking lot and started doing the MSF stuff that yeah. I learned. Um, but I, so let's uh, so talk to me about what it felt like when you finally moved away from the neighborhood and got yeah, onto yeah. like the big city streets and then eventually the highway and yeah. So, and that was, I think I mentioned it in our previous episode, um, that, uh, the first time I actually got out of the neighborhood, I rode to my, to a coffee shop that I like, and then I met some other writers oh, there. Yeah. yeah. Um, you know, and so like that, and that was nerve wracking. I will be, I'll be honest. I was very nervous. 
Um, and part of it, and uh, we, as brought up in Derek's um, email, a lot of it getting to that coffee shop because it's at the mouth of Big Cottonwood. Yep. Um, there's a hill you have to go up. Pretty steep. Oh, yeah. It's yeah. like a hill all the way up. And that's one was one of Derek's questions is like some and I tips stalled. for a hill start. I stalled twice. It's I think. so easy to stall. Yeah. I still stall plenty, especially if I get on the bike that I haven't oh, ridden yeah, before. Yeah. Because <laughs> I'm still trying to figure out where like the, the friction zone, the, the friction zone and, yeah. is. And some bikes have a much smaller one than others. So it can be a little yeah. tricky, like trying a new bike and figuring yeah. that out. Um, but no, I think I can't remember what time. I know I went during like the middle of the day. I, I think it might have been a weekday. Or some, I, I honestly just don't remember when, but I, I remember that I made a point to go like when I figured traffic wouldn't be as big of an issue. Makes sense. Um, so and and then the roads were okay. There were some cars, obviously, but yeah. it wasn't too bad. Um, but no, I just took everything that we were taught in the MSF and from Dan Dan the Fireman's videos of just like, hey, like head check everywhere. I'm aware of everything behind me. Yeah, you know, it, it took. It just takes practice. It it really does. Um, but you just have to get out and do it. Just you have to mitigate your risk. You know. Yeah. Um, and accept it, accept it. Like, Hey, I'm going out on the road. I am going to practice and get better. But in terms of like figuring out your friction zone and going up and down hills, like, um, cause it, obviously I wasn't, didn't become a master, at, like yeah. not stalling over <laughs> in a one day. Um, as I was post, uh, MSF getting better. Um, I would just like rock the bike back and forth with the friction zone yeah. at stoplights. So it's like, okay, so here's a really here good feel for it. And even on yeah. a hill, um, you know, it's like, okay, it needs a little bit more gas. Just find the friction zone. Cause you can feel like it doesn't have quite enough power to move yeah. the bike when you're on an incline, so you but you can feel, gas. you can feel yeah. a little bit of engagement and you start giving it some gas and you know, it starts going forward. It just, you know, yeah, it just takes yeah. some practice. So but. for those that are, uh, new to motorcycling hill starts are probably it's like if if you grew up driving like a manual car if you drive a manual car you all know what it feels like to start on the hill you get that mm-hmm. little feeling of rolling back sometimes which can be a little bit nerve-wracking yeah. especially if you're not used to it especially <laughs> on the bike because those aren't supposed to go backwards yeah <laughs> uh but just like in the car you know um but yeah like mitch mentioned you have to kind of give a figure out where your friction zone is figure mm-hmm. out where the bike where that clutch is like starting to the bike wants to lurch yeah. forward, like move forward a little bit. But if you feel it rolling back, give it some gas. Yeah. Motorcycles have a wet clutch for the most, most motorcycles have a wet clutch. So you're not going to, you're not, not going to destroy it. Yeah. yeah. You're not going to destroy it by like revving it with a clutch, um, you know, with it not fully, yeah. fully, uh, disengaged and stuff. So yeah, you, you're, you'll be fine. You'll, yeah. You'll be and, fine. As um, long as you're not doing it like for, the longest period of time possible <laughs> yeah. you're not going to burn out your clutch no you'll be okay and I, I just wanted to say too gleb that it was like um you know for me I, I, you can find them like little like uh pull in areas driveways like my driveway yeah. has a slight incline yep, and i would i would practice that too i would like i'd walk it out with the clutch there. that's a good idea and i'd yeah. roll it up uh, with the friction oh. zone and then yeah. i'd pull it in and roll back down I just thought of another good spot. If you find the empty parking lot, speed bumps. Yeah. You just park it up on the, like the incline of a speed bump and then feel, mm-hmm. because you'll feel it roll back. Yeah. And yeah. And you're close to the ground. So you'll eventually even out. So I don't think that's a bad idea either. No, to honestly. On an empty parking lot with speed bumps. Yeah. Just let it roll back and forth. And like, but, like I said, you're not going to kill the clutch. No. Yeah. yeah. And, but yeah, in terms of like getting out on the roads and stuff, um, you know, like it, it did take me a while too. Um, I was going to ask you the same thing, but like, I'll, I'll tell my uh, first <laughs> freeway experience okay, uh, go for after. It. I was going to ask you like, oh. what you did. So yeah, for um, I didn't I didn't practice as much as I should have probably before <laughs> going out. But the first day I brought my bike home, I basically rode out. I mean, I live in a pretty suburban area, and all the roads here are just straight. There's yeah. no there's barely any twisties around here except for like a couple of turns and stuff. So I just kind of rode at a nice calm speed it was it was a saturday um i think it was a saturday so it wasn't like super busy outside which was kind of nice uh but i basically just like rode out and then kind of rode through the neighborhoods at lower speeds practicing and it gave yeah. me a pretty good opportunity to practice uh slow speed maneuvers and just get uh just stopping and going basically mm-hmm. just using the clutch shifting from first to second gear which on the cb500x is like it's like in two seconds. Yeah. yeah. It's like you hit 15 miles an hour. You're, you're, you're shifting gears. Yeah. <laughs> so you really have to like play around with that a whole lot. Mm-hmm. And I think then, um, 
And there's not too many like big hills around where I live. It's pretty flat. Yeah, area. you're out here. In the, yeah, yeah. <laughs> unless I go closer to the mountains. Which... Well, there's like the ramp, like the road I take to get to your house. There's like that. That's hill. true. Yeah. yeah, I didn't go on that because I was a little too scared. Because yeah. it's kind of a very it's a bigger busy road. road. Yeah, and, a big intersection. Uh, yeah, but over time, I kind of uh, and I think, I think it was like, a f- like either a weekend after. I, or maybe even the next day, I took the bike on a slightly longer ride. It was still through the neighborhoods, but I went kind of higher speed roads. Mm-hmm. And it's a Sunday, so it wasn't as busy yeah. outside. There's still mostly straight roads, but I did end up riding a little bit north of my house. And there was a couple of places where it's more hilly. And I remember there was like, it was like a slight hill and I was just, I just stopped on it. And there was no one around. So I kind of just did the rocking back and forth to see where it's going. And then it also clicked for me. I was like, wait a minute. I have two brakes. You know, I have the front <laughs> and the back brake. I'm yep. like in a car where I have to use the same foot for both the gas and the brake. Yeah. I'm like, hold on. I can hold, I can give it some gas, hold the clutch in, and have the brake applied at yeah. the same time. So that's what I did. I put only one foot down. I pressed, held the back brake, yep. and then just kind of felt it, and then slowly let go of the brake too. That's exactly what I was going to say. Is yeah. you hold the like, just not not like jam it close yeah but just, just hold it enough to light, hold the light, bike in place. light pressure on the rear yeah. brake and then like as you start to give it gas start to release it and if you're not moving give it more gas yep and, walk and you the just clutch start out. Walk, yeah you just start moving and that's that's what i did and then i got on to um if you're familiar with utah the 89 which has oh, yeah. a bit higher speed limits and i think the spot where i was riding was about 55 miles an hour and i decided to go on man that 55 <laughs> it felt fast it reminded yeah. me of when i first like got my driver's license and went on like a 45 mile an hour road. And it just feels like you're moving so fast. And I'm just like, oh, this is like, a little, oh man, this is a little, <laughs> this is a little shaky. This is a little scary. Yeah. <laughs> oh boy, I'm doing this. I could join Formula One. Yeah. <laughs> so. And it, it did feel a little bit scared. Luckily, it wasn't like it doesn't go for too long before the speed yeah. slows down. And then I kind of veered off back to, uh, to get home, back on the slower streets and stuff. So that was kind of like my very first experience. But once again, like I was like, this was almost a year after I took my MSF class. So I had to mm-hmm. kind of like almost reteach myself what I yeah. remember from that. And see, that's why I like jumped into it immediately is like, I didn't want to like lose that yeah. exposure. So, I mean like after the MSF too, cause you, you know, you have to take the, the state test too, yeah. like the written test. Yeah. So I made sure to do that like within a week. Oh yeah. Um, I did mine like, yeah, I did the MSF and I think I did my written test like the day after I, I finished yeah. it. Yeah. Just to get my endorsement out of the way. Cause I don't have to worry about it now. Yeah. No, for me about the freeway experience though. Um, oh, yeah, guys, this was it was like it was nuts. I was like so nervous. I was gonna go up to my parents' house and I live like forty five minutes away. Or, yeah, or so, and um, I was just I was nervous as all get out. I was like, okay, I just amped myself up. I'm gonna do it. I'm gonna do it. My little five hundred rebel, <laughs> you know. And I just like I uh, I hopped on. Um, uh, I remember getting on the uh, the on ramp, and it was a Sunday morning. Um, the roads were empty. The, yeah. the highway, the freeway, was empty. The nice thing about Utah on Sundays is there's no people yep. out and about. Yeah, <laughs> if you go early enough. Yep, yeah, if you go early enough. And so like, it was, I had the freeway to myself for like at least like a few miles. Yeah. Um, and I went on the on ramp and I just gunned that little engine as hard as I could uh, just to get up to speed. Yeah. Um, you know, and so I got on there. I'm just like, oh, I'm like losing it. I'm just like, <laughs> I was, it just fit, it was such an adrenaline rush. And I'm yeah. not an adrenaline junkie. I'm I, I I am very much like if I'm gonna do stuff like with motorcycling, yeah. I was very much like like okay, like I accept what I'm about to do. It's a risk. I, I'm I've done my best to prepare myself yeah. for it. I'm and a I'm, little bit of an adrenaline junkie. Yeah, no, not. <laughs> I mean, I guess like kinda now I am, but not yeah. like. But you won't catch me like um, flinging a bike like at 90 miles an oh. hour through a canyon. Yeah, or you know, running from the police or yeah. you know. <laughs> no, definitely not that last part. I will say I've I've gone through a canyon. That, probably a little bit faster than i should have before <laughs> oh sure we all do but, but you know, like um, i'm not like i don't live for that like no. i'm not you know like some people do or no, speed that, junkies that makes sense. yeah you know so like so that if that just gives you an idea is like that you don't have to be that person to like get out riding more oh yeah you know so and I'm, I'm guessing people would know that but i just wanted to like we hope encourage it you know? <laughs> yeah. um and last thing i wanted to say too it really got me helping and if it's possible for you guys to do it meet other riders because oh, like yeah. like I mentioned 100%. with those people I met at the coffee shop yeah. like, for my first time getting out, you know, like they invited me on some more rides and they actually took me on my first canyon ride up Little Cottonwood Canyon. That's fun. 
And I was nervous as all hell. Yeah. You know, I was like, like, oh my gosh, oh my gosh, I'm going to the canyon. I got to go fast <laughs> gotta and around corners. Yep. I got to deal with cars. Yeah. Um, oh yeah, that would be, plus those canyons near your place are, they're pretty narrow. They are. A lot yeah. of spots, there's blind corners mm-hmm. and everything like that. So yeah. And hills. I'm and going hills. up hills yeah, and downhills. And I have to do like lean and, you know, go through yep. curves, <laughs> like, you know, um, at angles going up and down a hill. I think it was maybe a week or two after I bought my bike, uh, my first bike, I rode through Ogden Canyon, which is... Mm. Uh, also, lots of blind corners, not as uphill as the Cottonwoods, yeah. but um, lots of blind corners, pretty narrow in spots. And I was taking it like nice and slow. I think it was also a Sunday, so it wasn't like too busy yeah. that day. And then I went up to um, Trapper's Loop, just around Snow Basin. It's uh, for those not in Utah, unfamiliar. Um, yeah, it's basically a, a road that goes like through the mountains to leads to a, uh, one of the big ski resorts around here. Yeah. And I rode through that and it was uh and that's when I felt like like that whole experience like solidified that I made the right decision by a motorcycle cuz yeah. it felt completely different. It's a road that I've driven hundreds of times before <laughs> up in the mountains, but it felt like a whole new road on a motorcycle cuz I don't have anything around me and I just got like this sense of awe yeah just looking over the landscape it was still bright and green because it was still springtime and i was just like damn this is this is absolutely <laughs> beautiful so i rode up there and then i dropped down on the other side of the mountain and this is pretty high speed road it's 55 yeah. miles an hour and then the second half of it is all downhill so i kind of just let the bike like cruise down and i decided like you know what i bet i can try the, the highway here yeah. so i got on uh, the highway, and this is a more rural area compared to driving from Salt Lake to to here, um, which as it was for you. Mm-hmm. So this was a much, I think my experience was a little bit less nerve-wracking because it was even less cars there. <laughs> oh, it's yeah. only the two lanes going in each direction. Um, so I rode out to the neighboring town, and I was just like, wow, this is fast. Yeah. This feels way faster on a motorcycle than it does in the car. Yeah. I remember like, I was probably like holding on to the handlebars a little tighter than I should have. Yep. And I was just like, oh, my hands feel like they're like, like Dead. getting tired yeah. a little bit. Yeah. <laughs> and it's just such a different experience. And I didn't think it was like, I wasn't like super nervous, but I was still like very, very cautious about how fast I was going. Yeah. Especially, uh, especially on the way back, I took the freeway back like towards my house, and it's a pretty twisty part because it goes yeah. bet- uh, through a canyon, and you know, hitting hitting those turns at like sixty five miles an hour, I was just like, Whew, okay, <laughs> yeah, yeah I know. this is uh, a <laughs> that was, I mean, it was well, it was a little, it was like a, it was it wasn't like scary scary, but it was a little like. It's a tiny bit nerve wracking. No, yeah, it's it's a yeah. new experience. You're you're expanding your uh, you're pushing your limits, definitely, your boundaries. You know, um, one thing I remembered after, just from what you were saying that is like I remembered how much more resistance there was in the bike for counter steering going oh, at those going, speeds. Yeah, exactly. Like, like you I was, really had to like push yeah. it in a like a, quite a bit more than at lower. Yeah, speeds. so it's just like you know you just got to be ready to like not fight the bike, but you yeah. got to be you got to be ready to. Um, Put in like more let, effort. Let it yeah. know what you want to do. Exactly. Yeah, um, I, I agree. Because I remember yeah. going around there's there's a curb taking like the freeway up to you and like um, or to my parents' house since they're close yeah. by too here. But like yeah, it was coming. It was a left curve on the freeway. Yeah. And it was it had like the little slightly bump with like a little yep. dip. So it was yeah. like it was kind of violent. But yeah. I wasn't pushing it hard enough, and so I really had to. So I started to drift out of the lane. So yeah. I had to like lean more and push. And especially harder. since your first bike was a cruiser. Yeah, like you need a, a and it had those fat push. road tires. Yeah, <laughs> so. yeah. And I guess that's another good point to bring up is that it very much depends on your bike. Because mm-hmm. uh, Derek here, he was saying that he was on a he rented a Kawasaki. Is it the uh, Vulcan 650? Right. Yeah, yeah. And that's a pretty beefy bike. It's and a big. It's, a cruiser. It's, it's tall. Yeah. No, oh no! Oh no! No! Oh, you're right. No, yeah. that's the Vulcan. I was thinking of the Versus. No, he yeah. had a Vulcan. Yeah, the Vulcan is a pretty yeah. like it's, it's a, a cruiser. cruiser. Yeah. It's a cruiser. It's slow to the ground, but it is. Uh, it can be on the heavier side. It is, and certain bikes require a bit more effort to to push around. Mm-hmm. I mean, if you're out on like a Ninja 400, <laughs> thing's gonna fly you're gonna around. Be, you're gonna be flicking that thing back and forth. But if you're on like a Harley or a Vulcan or yep. something beefier, yep. you're gonna you're going to put in a little bit more effort to turn it. It's like driving a compact car versus like a giant SUV yeah, or something like that. And that's like, um, th- that just made me remember what I was thinking of, like, as we were preparing for the episode, like leading up, you know, since we were ahead or wherever yeah. we are. <laughs> but, um, uh, w- one thing that really helped me like be more confident in the bike too, 
Uh, I just did the T clocks, all of it. You check, oh, run yeah. through everything. Like very the, smart. You know, and I I'll admit I don't do it as much now. But nowadays, I all either. I do is like I just I, do the basics: I tires, ti- lights, yep. brakes, tire pressure. Yeah, tire yep. pressure and all that stuff. Um, you know, and then like so that's all I do now. But back then, I was like running through it. It's like, hey, yeah. everything's good. Um, you know, and, and just having that, that. Yeah, there's that. Um, but and so just running that. Um, running through that just gave me more confidence in the bike. And it also, uh, gave me confidence in myself. It's like, as a rider, I'm doing everything I need to do to be better, to get yeah. better. So, so one of the, uh, things, one of the other things, David, uh, or sorry, Derek had questions <laughs> about was, um, uh, riding between traffic. So mm. like he said, it was a little scary and stuff to be Dude, around, I can't imagine around New York. cars and stuff. Uh, even Jersey, Jersey, yeah, had. Jersey yeah. suburbs, but in, cause he said in NYC, right? Yeah. Yeah. Um, but anyway, so they, uh, yeah, he was talking about how, you know, to start back up without rolling back and stuff, which we also talked about, but then, um, uh, hold on. But anyway, let's let's talk about the traffic. Yeah. So yeah, we've we've gone. Yeah, we can yeah. go move to traffic. <laughs> so traffic is probably one of it's this thing that still makes me the most nervous is, I mean, a car will always win over a motorcycle yeah. in the event of an accident because yep. that's just the way it is. <laughs> it's because of the way that it is. <laughs> just the way the wind blows. <laughs> yeah. yeah. <laughs> uh, so you have to be very, very vigilant. Yeah. Uh, riding, driving and riding around other cars and stuff is because it is such you have to be careful motorcycle especially here in the states i feel like people maybe except for california where it's maybe uh like filtering weather and stuff and you get more riders but depending on where you live motorcycling is mostly a hobby it is not a primary mode of transportation for the states yeah for the states yeah if you live in like southeast asia uh europe and stuff you have plenty more yeah places especially like when i lived in italy i remember like er, there's so many scooters everywhere especially like in southern italy everyone had those i think people land of vespas yeah (laughs) so i think people are just like expecting or um and looking for them a bit more by here in the states and that's where most of our audience is is here in the states so um it's not a primary mode of transportation for most people it's recreational it's recreational so a lot of drivers aren't really aware and aren't really looking for other (laughs) motorcycles no matter how many uh pr campaigns uh local police departments and states put out yeah they're not looking for you and the advice you always hear and we've always heard online is basically like drive like everyone or ride your bike like everyone's trying to kill you yep (laughs) and that is a very good advice to 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 go by is because it's kind of true yeah i mean you know, like, yeah, you just you you assume that role that they're trying to kill you, and you know, it's just more of like. And another way to look at it is like, ride as if you are invisible. Yeah, that, like, that, yeah. Imagine that's just like just get it in your head that these any rider, even if they're making, even if they look like they're making eye contact with you, they can't they, see. They you. might not see you. Yeah, I just assume that they can't. Yeah, I, and that's you know. a very good thing to assume. So whenever I ride through traffic, even the areas around my house that I know very well, I'm always scanning and mm-hmm. looking out for cars pulling out of driveways, cars making left turns, right turns, wherever they are. It's 360 awareness. Yeah, yeah, especially at the light. Always checking my mirrors to see what's going on behind me. If I stop at a stoplight, I make sure to... Um, we have lane filtering here in Utah, which is mm-hmm. pretty nice, but it's also not on all roads. Yeah. And sometimes, you know, you might not have enough room to filter or something prevents you from filtering. But I always make sure to kind of stop, not directly behind a car, but almost like on the line. So I'm in between cars. That way, if I do happen to get rear-ended or something were to happen behind me, at least Hopefully I'm not... just like strike getting, you and not pin you. Yeah, at least I'm not getting smashed into the car in front of me. Yeah. So always kind of like offset yourself between mm-hmm. cars instead of being directly like, it's just stuff like them. yeah it's just stuff like that right that just kind of puts your mind at ease of like yeah what what's around you what's going on what's what, exactly. what's out what could be, happen what's out of your control yeah basically be aware of what's around you be aware of your surroundings yeah every time i pull up to a stop sign or a stoplight and i know there's cars behind me i don't put it immediately immediately into neutral i still keep my clutch in yeah. my hand on the brake and the gas just in case i don't see that car stopping or something happens and i need to quickly like get out of the way yeah uh if the light's been on for a while and everyone's mostly stopped then i might flip into neutral and stuff or by that time it might mm-hmm. already be green 
Um, but I think it's that's the most important thing, especially riding around traffic, yeah. uh, especially in like cities and stuff, is that you have to be paying attention mm-hmm. and, like you said, pretend to be invisible. Yeah, just like that. Just accept that that's your reality when you're on the bike. That you are yeah. invisible. These people, you know, and boy, and I. You know, if I wanted to take this somewhere negative, I, we could probably do a whole episode of me ranting about drivers. <laughs> yeah. You know, so, but like, yeah. I, I don't want to do that. But oh yeah, there's know. there's lots of there's lots of things drivers I've seen drivers do that I'm you're just playing yeah. stupid. But that's the reality we live in, and unfortunately, motorcycle riders aren't the majority. Well, of, and, um, you know, yeah. and Fortnite. If you guys haven't seen the YouTube channel Fortnite, he does a thing about like unintentional blindness, and it's how, it's actually like a physiological thing. Like it's yeah, you're it's how you're your brain basically it's taking frames like it's taking snapshots like a yeah. camera um and it just so happens that the speed that you're moving in a car it's very easy for your brain to actually not catch a motorcycle something the size of a motorcycle between those frames exactly that your because brain it's takes. a much smaller subject and mm-hmm. it's harder to see yeah no matter how many lights you have on it and if you do have a bike that doesn't have which pretty much every bike nowadays has automatic headlights yeah or headlights that are always on you can't even turn it off if you have an older bike or like you restored a bike, just please keep the light on. There's no yeah. reason to just to have it off um, because it it does it does help out yeah. a lot. It makes you way more visible. And to one have thing a too, on. like with, on speaking of being invisible, like if you're riding down a road and you see a car that wants to pull out, uh, you know, and you're not sure if they see you, yeah, just assume they don't. Obviously. Just assume they don't. But like what you can do is to like disrupt like the pattern of what a brain is capturing. Just rock your bike back and forth slightly. That's it doesn't have nice. to be uh, extreme. You could just yeah. do like little things like this, and that light. The theory is, you know, hopefully, that with that It'll, light moving this way, or cars cars are going this way. Yeah, that will create a new pattern that a driver will hopefully see. That's a good suggestion. You know, so it's if you like see me on rides, see movement. Yeah. yeah, yeah. So if you see me on rides when we're on, if I'm in front, I'm always doing a little, a little wobble. swivel. Okay, and I always do sense. it behind you too, in yeah. case they don't see me or you. And so. uh, one of the things I also do is, especially if I'm riding through a city and stuff, and I see cars uh, getting ready to pull out or make a turn and stuff, I always make sure to I hover at least two fingers over the clutch mm-hmm. and the front brake because just in case something were to happen, I can quickly just grab those things yeah. and slow myself down. And I think that's another good point is um, always practice. Mm-hmm. practice. Practice emergency braking, practice uh, swerving out of the way any of those things at least like once a month do you remember so uh was it i think it was 2021 we had like when uh eurosport harrison eurosport you know uh the place we talk about (laughs) they put on like a msf refresher course oh yeah yeah i do remember that that was really cool um because they one thing that there was one maneuver that we learned that was not in the msf or at least in mine was the um it was an emergency braking like stopping coming to a stop and then immediately taking off left or right because like, i think my msf did that did they one. maybe i can't remember because i remember <laughs> for me that was like eye-opening because it's like you know the emergency braking maneuver it, it you know as you guys if you've done it yet it it only really focuses on making the stop it doesn't talk about or quickly getting quickly out getting out of the way again okay. you know because like how often could it be that oh you have to emergency brake but then the yeah. car behind you is approaching because they have more weight they can't stop as quick as you okay no that makes sense i think that's a very good point uh yeah practice really all those cool. maneuvers yeah and i think we covered most of the things that uh I, I hopefully, that hopefully we answered yeah. your, your <laughs> so. question derek and for anyone else that had similar questions but yeah you know and to, for me i was gonna say like, to derek and to anybody who's interested in you know wanting to or just get some advice from, you know, cause we're still fairly new writers yeah. three years or so three now. Years yeah. Then. Yeah. You know, so it's like, but, um, yeah, you just kind of have to just get out there and do it. Um, you know, and maybe if you, like, you want to get out more, but you're still having that trouble with stalling, well then that's what you should practice first. Yeah. Uh, practice working that clutch. Very and, good advice. And one thing I, that freaked me out and I learned the hard way, I'm mean, luckily nothing happened to me. But I had to memorize the startup procedure on my bike. Um, oh, really? <laughs> with like clutching, you know, for the Triumph, clutching. Oh, that's right. Because yeah. sometimes are, they have to be special. <laughs> yeah. Well, even on my Honda, you know, because like I had the ignition switch. And I remember like the first few times just instinctively, I would just kill the ignition switch if I stalled. So I turned oh. the bike completely off. So I'd have to then turn it back on and then hit really? ignition. Huh. Yeah. So I just get be- like, just memorize your bike's controls for starting. Yeah. So if you stall... It's a real quick, just hit that ignition again. And I think if you, uh, for example, get a new bike or upgrade to a different bike or just trying a different bike, 
just take a minute to familiarize yourself with the controls before you start writing because you don't want to mm-hmm. be like looking oh where's the blinker where's the headlight where's the how do where's I, cha- this? How do I change the riding <laughs> mode in the middle of the ride right or so you're like give your full attention to the road. Yeah, like, just know your bike. Yeah, know your bike before you take it out somewhere somewhere big. Yeah, uh, and figure out. And if it is a new bike, you know, figure out the friction zone. Figure out just how it feels. Uh, start off slow. Yep. It was no. It, it, there's a whole world out there. You should expand yourself and get out there on your bike. But yeah, you just you know. So I, I hope I hope this helped, Derek. Yeah. So, you know, like and anyone else that had similar anyone. experiences. And yeah. basically, and to, to wrap things up, let us know about your experience of yeah. the first time you got on a bike and rode out on like an actual proper city road. Because we all know, like uh, here in the U.S., at least, I uh, the motorcycle safety class is is a great thing to have, mm-hmm. but it's also a very basic. It's kind of it's, a basic thing. It teaches you the basics of you know emergency stopping. Uh, making the bike go, making the bike churn, yeah. how to shift gears and stuff, but it's nothing. Uh, it's 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 only two days. Yeah, like, it's like if I, you're. Yeah, I was gonna say like if, if it's if you equate it to like if you're trying to start a garden. Yeah. The MSF isn't even like plowing the ground. The MSF is plotting off the land that you're gonna turn into a yeah. garden. Or like planting one one flower in a pot. Yeah. Instead like, of like an entire an <laughs> yeah. entire like garden and field. Yeah. So it's very important, I think, for any new rider to go out and to practice in a parking lot somewhere with yeah. no cars just to get a feel for it practice those emergency maneuvers and all of that kind of stuff and yeah and just accept that you are going to stall yep um, you're going to stall you're probably going to drop it at one point i've already dropped my bike you're still good i well <laughs> that's the thing i've i haven't my bike hasn't touched the ground falling but i have dropped it and i've caught it oh. and i remember i hurt my hip i think yeah. it was 2021 yeah, yeah. i do remember that yeah i i i i, I was in the mindset I was like no I just got this bike I'm not dropping not it, dropping it yeah. and I had like a sore hip for like two weeks yeah. so it's like I hurt myself I, saving my bike which... I ended up tipping mine over on an off-road trail because <laughs> I was going too slow and it was because I I'd never I've never done that before yeah and I wasn't quite like confident in my ability to get it down this kind of steepish rocky hill yeah and I got too nervous I got too slow and my bike just went Kunk. yeah it just it just it, it wasn't a <laughs> I wasn't even going. I was going like three miles an hour at that point. It yeah. just literally tipped over. Yeah. And just accept the fact that you probably will drop your bike at one point, whether yeah. it's, uh, hopefully it's not nothing major. Hopefully, as long as you're okay, that's the priority. Yeah. The bike you can replace, the bike you can fix. Your body is way more important than the bike. For Yeah. I For the most part. Yeah. I, I made the wrong decision probably. Yeah. I mean, you caught it still and yeah. it's fine. It's not like you hurt yourself in the process. Well, I, I I did, but making yourself sore. Yeah, like no, it hurt, but like I got better. Yeah, Yeah. but I'm talking about like you know a serious accident, a serious accident or injury, crushing an ankle. Because sometimes you know sometimes you might even forget to put your kickstand down, and your bike will Mm -hmm. just tip over. And I had a couple of close calls with that myself, where I I did do that with my rebel. (laughs) Forgot to put the (laughs) kickstand down, so it's bound to happen. And if it does, that's okay, as long as you're okay in Mm -hmm. the event of that fall. That's that's the more important thing. Yeah, and I'll and I'll 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 just put it out there. Like I was my first distinguished gentleman's ride. Like I was almost that guy. I uh, we were leaving and we had our bikes all in a row parked, and I realized I had to. Do, I think I had to zip, but some, I had to do something. So I like let go of the bike and because I thought my kickstand was still down. Yep. and it wasn't. And I I was almost that guy that tipped almost <laughs> everybody's bike over. When oh, I, again, I no. caught it. Yeah, I that caught would be it. Luckily, even more embarrassing than dropping your own. Oh yeah, that was I was <laughs> I'd probably mortified. Just move. I'd probably I, move countries, <laughs> shut states, up. countries, and now everybody knows. So now everybody that happened. knows. But nothing happened. No, it was fine. It was fine. <laughs> No harm. Yeah, you're past the statute of, <laughs> statute of limitations for to be embarrassed. Yeah, so, yeah, 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 you're yeah good sure. You're good. So, <laughs> but no, so yeah, you're gonna have these moments, and you know, but yeah, hopefully you're safe. And yeah. so, I guess to summarize, just congratulations on riding, though. Congratulations on getting your first bike. Uh, remember, you are invisible, and everyone's trying to kill you. Yep. <laughs> uh, on the freeway. Oh, one thing we didn't touch on. Let's do it really quick. Before we wrap is up. dealing with wind. Oh yeah, wind. Is, wind much worse than you would think if you have not ridden a motorcycle yet and you're watching someone ride on tv with their you know perfect hair or yeah. helmet and 
just being totally calm. <laughs> it's nothing like that. A giant semi passes you, you will feel your bike move. You get that air burst, yeah. yeah. If you're <laughs> behind a semi or any car, you will feel a lot of turbulence and mm-hmm. buffeting. And I think one of the biggest things that motorcycling taught me is feeling wind. Yeah. Like I can already know behind which cars air feels worse than mm-hmm. others uh, and how it just affects my ride. Yeah. And crosswinds are a bitch and they yep. will move you to the side. So it's one of those <laughs> things that is scary at first, but just know. You know, hug your bike a little bit more uh, with your hips. Yeah. And one thing you can do um, with crosswind, too, thighs, yeah. uh, you can... So, if say, the crosswind's coming at you from your left, um, and you're having to, like, lean into it to fight yeah. it. If you stick your left knee out, that can kind of act as a sail. A little sail, yeah. And it will... It can kind of help correct you yeah. a little bit. So, just... You basically have to, like, almost counter the wind. And yeah. usually, if I'm stuck behind, like, a car or a vehicle and I feel heavy turbulence, I try to, like, pass it as soon as I can. Mm-hmm. Because it feels awful yeah i mean it's not necessarily gonna make you crash i mean it's just not comfortable it's just not comfortable because you're feeling your helmet like bobble back and forth and stuff it detracts from the experience yeah (laughs) so usually i try to pass so it's one of those things that you just have to get over it yeah it'll be loud also wear earplugs yeah for wear earplugs for highway your hearing does not come back once it's once the word once it gets worse it does not get better what no, yeah just, exactly yes, that was dumb <laughs> don't get tinnitus yeah. um so yeah that basically is it yeah and just and always practice yeah practice no, i think so practice practice like ted lasso said oh yeah ted lasso <laughs> talking yeah. about practice <laughs> anyways um yeah do you have anything else to add um not so much for like what the topic was today addressing this email and like you know what, what could be out there and things like that but i would just say um if you guys have anything that you feel we missed or could add to that like again like let us know yeah um you can also find us on instagram our personal uh oh right we forgot to mention yeah we didn't yeah. mention that so find us on instagram uh i'm at gladblapham on instagram and i am meach 2d beach and we just launched our yeah um, we have our TD, uh yeah you TDT, do yeah. <laughs> at tdt motorcycles on instagram for the podcast instagram mm-hmm. and also feel free to send us your emails at tdt motorcycles at gmail.com yeah, yeah. uh we are like Mitch said, we are always happy to hear from it. our <laughs> listeners. It makes me happy every time we hear like a long email. I'm like, okay, people are actually listening. We're ha- like, people yeah. are asking us questions. <laughs> like, yeah, you know, or, like that. That feels so cool. And like, um, and on that note too, because we even had um, a few people reach out and like, you know, I, it was a um, who was it here? I think. Oh yeah, it was uh, Phil Philip. He emailed us and he just let us know. He's like, hey, I, I, I've ridden with basically 250,000 miles over his belt and he's got a dozen bikes and still going. That's, uh, so that's thanks awesome. to like, even just reaching out, you don't have a question. You just like yeah. want to let us know and talk to us a bit. Thank you so much for listening. Yeah. Thanks for doing that. You know? And then, um, we've got David too, who all reached out to us. Um, I think, Oh, with, yeah, he wanted he was asking about some like inexpensive ADV ADV bikes, bikes, which yeah, is a I tough market. Cause ADV usually There's have more features and stuff, yeah. you know? So, however much budget yeah. you have for that. But really, thank you guys for, yeah. for reaching out. Thank you out. so much. And thank you for listening. And feel free to share this with yeah. your writing friends and non-writing and friends think, and yeah. whoever else. And I'm thinking, like, um, I, I'm curious to know if they would like to have that, uh, if it, listeners would be interested in, like, us doing an episode on reviewing our gear. Yeah. Let us know if you are interested in that. And so. uh, that's that's something we can talk mm-hmm. about in the future. Yeah. So All right. Well, well thanks, thank guys. you very much. And we'll see you next time. Take care.